The following podcast brings you stories of people who are connecting their faith and their work in meaningful ways, and it's sponsored by Ambassadors for Business. The word abide is a verb that means to continue or remain with or be beside someone or something. So Jesus says, abide in me as I abide in you. Uh, so abiding in Christ simply means experiencing the riches of the relationship that we have through union with Christ. The Puritans used to speak of, of union as the foundation and our communion as the experience of that foundation. The whole key to a joy-filled, spirit-saturated Christian life is abiding in Christ. If you think of John 15 and you think of uh, the, the real weight of those first eight verses, that, that really the only way to produce any kind of fruit that's pleasing to the Father is by abiding in Christ. So the real question becomes, how do you do that? Welcome to the podcast, Connecting Faith and Work with Bob Wilbanks. Today we're talking with Christian leaders who are connecting faith with the marketplace mission field. We'll be sharing stories, challenges, and the objectives of people who are bringing their Christian character to work. Here now is Bob Wilbanks with today's podcast. Welcome to another Connecting Faith and Work podcast, and today I'm going to have a really fun and, I hope, lively and enlightening discussion with my producer, Larry Kutzler. Well, good. We're going to talk about your personal sins? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That'll be a lively discussion. So for the next 16 hours, <laughs> we, no, there's been that have been uh, rolling around in, in this uh, little noggin of mine, and I, I've been talking them over with Larry over the past couple months, and I just wanted to, to bring one of them forth and just see where it goes today. We're just going to have a little discussion about striving to abide, striving to abide. Wrestle with that one for a moment. So what what, what do you mean by that? I mean, those are nice words, but what, what do you really mean? When you say striving to abide, break those down. Well, first off, as I started looking, it was a word I received when I was going through some studies of the word and in prayer. I just heard this striving to abide. And it's just, it's been something I can't get off my heart and off my mind. I, I strive a lot. I'm a type A. <laughs> Whenever I see something that needs to be done, I want to put it on my back and strive to get it done. And whether it be relational issues with wife and family or friends or professional issues with hitting goals and numbers or financial issues with budget or even my spiritual growth, I, my tendency is to strive towards those things versus abiding in him. And so as I've been wrestling with this, I, it's been, you know, one of the hard things is, is really what, what is it to abide? What, what does that really mean? Well, I would think coming back to the first part of striving, I would think that a lot of people would say, Bob, that's just normal adult life. You're putting things in place to go out and conquer the world. I mean, isn't that normal? I think it's normal in the eyes of this world. And it's, it's what, frankly, I think it's what the evil one would have us do. The more he can get us into this mode of reliance on self and rewards of the flesh, the less we think of God mm -hmm. and trust in God. So it's really hard to, as a Christian, you know, come with this truth. But the truth basically is that unless we are putting God first in our lives, I mean, how, how can we ever truly unlock the fruit of the Spirit and, and be that shining light for him 
out in the marketplace and everywhere that we go. It doesn't mean that we don't try. It doesn't mean that we just sit around and do nothing. Oh, I'm just abiding in him. So I'm just waiting for God. Well, you do know people (laughs) like that, right? Yes, I do. And we can learn some things from them, Mm -hmm. both and what to do and what not to do, I think. It's it's a two-way street. Just like they could learn from us that tend to strive, you know, uh, kind of what to do and what not to do. I was in Alpha this morning and Nikki, I forget his last name, that leads the Alpha globally, it was a video-based session, was saying that go appears in the Bible 1,514 times. So that's roughly what, four times a day, God saying go? To me, we're meant to go, but what are we directing our efforts toward? I, I think that's really the, the struggle that, that, we, that we have. And I, I can even give you know, personal testimony as to you know, where things are at right now within this ministry and within myself. And there's financial struggles and issues that, that we have. And we have to get to a point where we, we have to stop putting Band-Aids on it ourselves and just trust him that what we are receiving is enough. And we have to live within those parameters. I'm still working as hard as I can work, right? I'm not sitting around just totally just, oh, I just have to pray about this. And, you know, a big bag of money is going to show up on my front doorstep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, some people would say that's what I should be doing. Maybe they're right. I don't know. But I know that with the way I'm built and what I'm called to do, uh, there are certain things that I'm supposed to be doing. And and the biggest thing is that I've been discovering is that I just need to trust him more. And I, I need to submit to him, not just daily, but hourly and minute by minute because I put my will out there way in front of him all the time. I'm getting in front of it. I'm supposed to abide. What do I do? There has to be something in our experience corresponding to these words. Hour by hour abiding in Jesus means hour by hour trusting him to meet all your needs and be all your treasure. I'm just drawing out the implications of what happens when a vine is in a branch. I am here not by my big effort. You read the whole Gospel of John, you know that that is not the way it works. Believing on Jesus, trusting in Jesus, drinking from Jesus, eating Jesus is faith in the Gospel of John. So me to be in the vine is to rest there, trust there, draw down from there, stay there, receive there. Everything I need is coming from him. I'm going nowhere but him. That's faith. What is God doing in the marketplace today? Listen for the next Connecting Faith and Work podcast with Bob Wilbanks to find out. Check out ConnectingFaithAndWork.com to learn more. One of the big words that has helped me over the years that it helps me every day is my being self-aware. You know, becoming self-aware of who I really am. Because I can fool myself pretty well, right? I can say I'm really abiding in Christ. And that may mean that I did my devotional today. But... The way I live the rest of my day and my rest of my life is completely contrary to how he has and wants me to be. And am I really self-aware that how much of a person who wants to get his way through manipulation? Because I'm a manipulator. I think we all are to a point. That's what I think sin does. It manipulates us and we manipulate other people. Are we aware of how much we are manipulating the people and the things around us? Agreed. Because we're out there for who? Ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard thing. I mean, again, so how are we supposed to be? Well, love God, 
you know, and love others as we would love ourselves. Well, this is a tightrope as well, right? Because it means we have to learn to love ourselves without putting ourselves in front of other people. There's a lot of self-love going on out there. I'm one of them too, believe me. I mean, it, struggle with that all the time. Well, what about me, Lord? Mm-hmm. You know, hey, all these things are going on. We're doing all these great things, but hey, what about me? There was a question I asked in a, in a Bible study the other day that I, I think was very relevant to this. You know, Larry, you love your wife. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And, and how often do you tell her you love her? Well, not as not as much as she probably wants to hear it. But yeah, I do. Yeah, probably once a day. Yeah, and plus in the things that you do, mm-hmm. you're showing that love, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Do you do that with God? Good as question. much as you do with her. Good question. You know, when things are going well, Bob, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the good things that are going well. <laughs> right. When things are not going so well, then I let him know how much I love him because I need his help. Right. That's that manipulation again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, if you if you put a wrapper on it like that, how how often are you telling God that you love him, not only verbally and in your prayers, but in and how you're actually walking your life out for him? It, it helps set the sail, right? You know, what about your kids? How often do you tell them they, that you love them and, and show them your love? How often are you doing that? Are you doing it that often with God? Well, who's number one in your life? What makes the most sense for you to be worshiping, you know, your wife and your kids or God. I'm wrestling with this all the time. And, you know, the dollar side, you know, wrestling with that. You know, do we do we worship those things that we have and our job and what we're doing there more than we are worshiping God? And, and I'm not saying we turn into, you know, this group of people that are, you know, sitting around in a big circle with our hands, you know, clasped, singing kumbaya all the time. What's the priority in our life? There's a call here. God wants us. He craves us us and our attention. We were built and created to worship him and have an intimate relationship with him. And yet, what do we do? We find anything and everything that we can that takes our attention away from that. So I think there's an awakening going on in our society today. There's an awakening of, you know, I've tried all this other stuff and I'm still just as dissatisfied as I was before. All this striving, all this toiling, you know, just like Solomon, all the things he's talking about in Ecclesiastes, right? <laughs> you know, woe is me and, and you know, what's the point and, and all of that. So you, you end up on the top of the hill, on the top of the heap. And maybe you do a lot of good with what you've got, but in the end, so what? So what? And so I think that's the striving to abide concept is instead of striving for the things of this earth and striving into the relationships and striving into even our Bible studies and this, that, and everything else, right? What about just striving to trust him, to abide in him? So if we point that fleshly striving desire towards just abiding in him, I think slowly but surely we, we begin to trust. We begin to abide. And throughout a period of weeks, months, years, we find ourselves abiding more than we're striving. And that's just, in my mind, that's becoming more Christ-like. So, Bob, if, if you were going to give advice on this, so where would you begin? Here's a couple ideas from Matt Chandler that I think sort of stokes the conversation here. This idea that our lives should be ordered around abiding in the presence of God in Christ. And so that can look like annual events. So uh, for my family, that's Advent and Lent, and then a vacation with my family every year, a retreat, if you will. And then there's monthly plans. So once a month, I'm going to get away just by myself and be with the Lord for a full 
day. And then there are weekly that that's going to church. Uh, I fast on Wednesday, breakfast and lunch, and then break that fast with um, my family that evening. And, and then that's down to daily with your time alone with the Lord. And then I would encourage you that at each of the transitions of your day, right before lunch, before a meeting, before you head home, as you sit in the driveway, before you walk in, to do something that orients your heart back to King Jesus. And that could be reading a prayer. It could be just a second to kind of stop and remember what God has called you to. Abiding always brings a vision or a closeness, even a repentance. For me, I think it was a revelation about who I am and what I'm about. Here's an example. I've been a preacher for many, many years. I realized most recently that I really don't have a lot to say to anybody. I mean, I can come up with a lot of ideas and concepts and precepts and all of that stuff, but really none of it really matters. The only thing that matters is what God does through me by his word, in his word, because that brings life. Now, I don't know if a lot of people come to that realization or not. The anointing isn't about God coming down on you and, and giving you all these fresh new ideas. I don't know if that's the anointing. I think the anointing comes when you are able to articulate clearly the Word of God, because that's what brings life. Well, that was one of the ways that I realized how far I had gone away from that abiding because I was more concerned about what I was saying and what I was doing than allowing him to do it through me, and it was him only. I totally agree with what you just said. Remember the uh, the Vikings back in the day, we had Les Steckel come in as coach, and, and the chance and from the stands was Les Steckel, more Bud, right? and wanting Bud Grant to come back. And I, I just keep getting that picture in my head of that. It's less of me, more of him. And the, the more I can just allow him to speak through me, the more I see lives being transformed around me. And it's not of me, it's not from me, it's just him through me. And, you know, we, we've been talking in one of my other groups about just dying to self. And that if we're truly walking with him, we're dead to self. It's just him through us right? Which is, it's strange to think about that. There's another saying, you know, are we uh, human beings having a spiritual ex experience or are we spiritual beings having a human experience? And I believe we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And the more we start to open our lives to the 95% that we don't see, the more we begin to abide and understand what God would have us do. And we start acting more and more that way. And it's not to say that that 5%, because that's what we see, touch, feel, that we start to think that's more real than the 95%. It's very easy to fall into that trap. For me, I think there's just cues that we're given physiologically when we're striving too much. It's tension, it's illness, it's getting angry. I mean, there's many things, many ways that it manifests and our eyes being open to that, knowing self, as you were saying, know thyself to lead thyself is something that uh, we have to be cognizant of. For me, I, when I start having a lot of tension between my shoulder blades and up and through my traps up here, I know I'm striving way too hard. It's, it's an, an initial indicator that, wait a second, Bob, who are you trusting here, yourself or him? And when I realize that and take that step back at that point and say, okay, Lord, you know, sorry, I can tell I'm striving. Thank you for communicating that to me through my physiological body by manifesting this tension in my, my spirit that's coming through my shoulders. And it, just like, uh, and maybe I'm fortunate that's where it is because now 
as I give that up to him, it's literally like a weight is lifted off my shoulders. It's, it's an amazing thing. And the tension goes away, right? Because I'm making a, an actual decision in my life that I'm not in control of this. You are. I still have to do the things I need to do. But the outcome of all this is up to you, not me. I feel compelled and led, Lord, right now that you're guiding me down this particular path. And I'm going to give my all towards doing that until you show me different. And that, to me, is striving to abide. Every week, Bob, I write a couple of blog pages, and and people say to me all the time, where do you get that material? You know, I don't get it anywhere. God gives it. As I said earlier, there's nothing I can say that makes any sense. So for me, one of the greatest tension relievers and practices of abiding, striving to abide in him, is to take that scripture and just sit and marinate in it for half an afternoon. I know that's a commitment for a lot of folks. It could be in the morning, but just to marinate in it. And you talked about before we started the podcast about fasting and you're fasting certain things that you want in your life. You know what I think we need to do, Bob, to be serious is take that Bible that I just mentioned and marinate in it and fast from the world. I think you'd be surprised how quickly you'd realize how many things in your life will sort of lighten up because they don't have a grip on you. They don't have a a hold on your life like so many things do. Again, part of being self-aware. Agreed. That's where it all starts, right? Words have power. The Word of God, there's power in, in that. And it's the living Word. So every time you go through it and read it, the message that you receive is typically different. Now, if you're getting the same message all the time, you're probably not growing a whole lot and taking it real seriously and ruminating on it like you're talking about, right? So there's so many different passages that just are hitting me at this particular point in my life. And we were talking about it a little bit beforehand, you know, some uh, context to striving to abide. We stumbled into Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. So if you, if, for those of you that are listening, maybe just go read, read that short passage there. And I find it really interesting how that correlates into one that I've been ruminating on quite a bit, which is Romans 12, 1 and 2. So interesting how we end up with 12, 1 and 2 on, on two passages that really are talking about the same thing right? There's another thing that was coming to me as you were talking there, Larry, is as we get into that, and one of the key statements you had is the things of this world begin to fall away. The importance of those things begins to fall away from us. I think that's part of the yoke. As we're in the gospel, in the word of God and in the gospels, right? We're building an intimate relationship with him. That's his love letter to us. It's him telling us, hey, you know, you want to seek me? You want wisdom, right? You want to know me? Study my word. I wrote these, these words to you because I love you so much and I crave this intimate relationship with you. So now as we build that intimate relationship, that yoke becomes so much more uh, of a guiding force in our life, that yoke between us, that intimate relationship between us, that the things of this world don't mean as much. And that's what I, I believe that's what unlocks the fruit of the Spirit, the peace, the love, the joy, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I challenge all of our listeners, think about those words. Ruminate on those words. And then as you do that, think about, is, that, is there any one or two of those words that really stand out to me as to that's why I'm working so hard? I'm striving towards peace or joy or love, whichever one that is, right? Maybe it's two, maybe it's three and you find yourself striving towards that, well, imagine it's already promised to us through the intimate relationship. We already have it, right? 
So that right there just releases the pressure of trying to strive for it. God's already given it to us. He's, it's offered. It's right there. His hand is open, ready for you to go take it. You know, Bob, as we kind of draw this thing to a conclusion, one of the scriptures that has really impacted my my life this year was a scripture verse that kind of came out of the blue. And it has to do with, with the question is, who does God look to? Who does God look to when he's looking for a man or a woman to be used or to be a messenger? Here's what Isaiah says, and it's the Lord speaking. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. That's the person. That's the person who God will look to and use because they're not striving in their own power. All of that strife that was placed in the wrong place is now placed in the right place. With him. With him. Right. And resides there. Because, uh, let's face it, who's more powerful? Am, am I more powerful than God? <laughs> I, there's been so many times in my life where I know I, I acted that way. Mm. But when it really comes down to it, come on, really? <laughs> the creator of the universe? So if I truly believe that God is creator of the universe, that he sent his son to die on the cross, to bear my sins, who he then resurrected, and through his grace, I now have a direct conduit to the almighty God, the creator of the universe, and I know he's sitting at his right hand. If I truly believe all those things as a Christian, I just ask you, what should be the most important thing in your life? And shouldn't we strive to abide in that? I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. To learn more about this ministry, go to ConnectingFaithAndWork.com. This podcast is sponsored by Ambassadors for Business. That's AmbassadorsForBusiness.com.